0: Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're here with me in the C-Space Studio at CES 2020. Joining us, Lizzie Woodhelm, SVP, Ad Innovation, Pandora. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. So, uh, you merged with SiriusXM. Pandora and SiriusXM merged in the last year since the last CES. And so that's had about a year to kind of percolate. What does that mean? What does that mean for your team?
1: Yeah, it's meant a lot of things. I mean, first and foremost, we're focused on bringing new content to the consumer. Um, SiriusXM has spent decades building out a treasure trove of amazing talent. And we're bringing the likes of Howard Stern and Kevin Hart and then new faces and voices like LeBron James and Drake and you 2 um, onto the Pandora platform to drive engagement and drive time spent. So it's been really fun.
0: But you work primarily on the Pandora side. yep. And the idea is to keep those brands separate, right? Yeah. The, the brands are separate and people interact with them in different ways.
1: Absolutely. Um, we believe that SiriusXM and its amazing subscription offering and its you know, control and um, ownership of the car combined with Pandora, the mobile powerhouse, and the best in personalization Um, will live independently and reach consumers at different times and offer, of course, different forms of audio entertainment. But together, we're the leader in audio entertainment. So it's a really compelling um, offering to the consumer.
0: So let's talk ad innovation, which is right there in your yeah. title. What does ad innovation mean at Pandora? What are the latest innovations in advertising?
1: Yeah, I love my role at the company and specifically at CES because I spend all of my time focused on the listener and understanding the changing listener behavior on our platform and then contextually contextualizing that. Advertisers building new products, bringing best practices to them in terms of creativity and what an audio ad should sound like on all of these devices. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's you know connecting the advertiser to the consumer and innovating with the listener first.
0: Is there a single best practice you can think of that might surprise people? Like here's something that people always do that they should never do when they're thinking about an ad for Pandora.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Don't take your terrestrial radio ad and bring it into the streaming environment. And why is that? It just doesn't complement the experience. You know, Pandora is focused on personalization. We always know the best next song that you should hear. We also have great data on your technographic behavior, your life stage, presence of children, you know, where you're at in the day. And so a one-size-fits-all creative approach, why would you ever, um, you know, why would you ever do that? You're not going to get the attention you want. You're not going to get the relevance you want. And you're definitely not going to get the enjoyment from the listener.
0: So if I'm an advertiser, does that mean that I need to be creating 10, 50, 100 different kind of versions of my message to kind of fit with all those different niches?
1: No, absolutely not. And part of innovation that we've worked on is the ability for dynamic creative to be built for advertisers. So we spent the last year working with many marketers to take that best practice, which is try to be as personalized as you can, try to understand your listener, and then building technology to do so effortlessly and efficiently so they're not sitting for weeks on end you know, in a creative right. brainstorm trying to figure out, oh my gosh, how am I going to make this personalization thing that Pandora has told me is a best practice work
0: but this is not like dynamic text right, where you can just insert someone's name or someone's location and just kind of swap it out Madlib style, maybe you can do some of that but if you're doing that in an audio format, of course we all you know, have had the experience of calling a phone number and it says a very robotic voice and it sounds very artificial and it's, obviously, it's obvious that things have just been inserted kind of robotically and I assume it basically can't be that
1: No, it doesn't sound like that. So a good example, we're in Las Vegas. We actually work with Visit Las Vegas, and they are very interested in, of course, making sure that they're marketing to specific cities, making sure that they're marketing to foodies versus people that love pop music, and then integrating some of those messages into their creative. So we can take signals that we have You know, we have the power of the logged in user. It's a huge Mm -hmm. advantage for us. So we do know your age, your gender, what you like to listen to, where you live, and those behaviors help then shape that ad. So for them, it's not about saying, Lizzie, come to Las Vegas. It's like, hey, LA listener you know, it's sunny in Las Vegas and, you know, rainy in California. (laughs) And you love Gwen Stefani and she has a residency at Planet Hollywood. And that's a good example of sort of taking my behavior but not making it so personalized that it's creepy and weird and sounds robotic. That's
0: exactly where I was going. The creepiness factor, if if you had said to me a couple years ago that we would be able to, that you'd be able to do that, I might be asking about that, but I wonder, like, are consumers, have they kind of gotten over that now, or is everybody kind of understanding that this level of targeting is possible and maybe even desirable, you know, from the consumer perspective as well?
1: Yeah, I think the tide is turning. Obviously, there's a lot of thrash and discussion around privacy, but at the end of the day, we're really focused on giving value back to the listener in exchange for that data, right? Mm -hmm. We have an ad product that does just that, where they can lean in to get content from us behind the paywall and that we serve video up to them and make that targeted based on what they're getting or this example of dynamic audio creative and look at the end of the day it makes their experience with us more enjoyable if it does feel like it fits their mood, their lifestyle, their identity Um, so again I think you have to do it right and you have to be very mindful about um, you know using the right signals and understanding how advertisers can benefit and um, that exchange if done correctly can work really well.
0: And can people pay for a subscription to get a totally ad-free experience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I'm really proud of the work we do. We are largely ad-supported between Pandora and SoundCloud, which is another great platform that we represent. We're reaching over 100 million Americans through ads, and they're not churning to a subscription product because we've annoyed them. And I'm really proud of that because we're doing something right.
0: Um, How much more targeted can ads actually become at this point? Are we starting to reach a plateau or like an an asymptotic line, so to speak, when we look at the graph about how close to targeting we can possibly get for an individual?
1: Yeah, I think that in terms of that initial ad, advertisers are really pretty good now about understanding their consumers. I think where you'll see innovation is they move through the funnel and think about what is the sequencing of storytelling that I'm giving to the listener in our case. I think there's innovation there. We're actually working on a lot of testing around voice and trying to understand you know, how targeted do we need to be in order to hit someone at that right moment where voice is maybe more appropriate. So again, I think it's using that signal data to um, anticipate the modality or the call to action or the specific nature of what you want that consumer to do and less so about trying to dig into their life and really understand much more than we know about them today.
0: Talking to Lizzie Woodhelm of Pandora, what is the latest on voice? What are you learning and what are you still curious about and you're still learning?
1: Yeah, so we've been testing for about seven months with voice mode, which is just the ability to interact with Pandora using your voice to navigate through the service. And then as that scaled, we've been spending about the last three months testing with advertisers. And the initial takeaway is be fun and give utility. So an example might be a dryer sheets ad, and instead of just telling them more and more about the dryer sheet that they already understand, give them tips about how to use the dryer sheet that they didn't know. So say, would you like tips on how to use dryer sheets, yes or no, and make it really simple. At this point, we're just asking for yes or no, and we're just essentially unlocking more storytelling through that next phase of that audio ad. And I love that, because it's, again, not asking them to immediately put it in your cart. Would you like to add this to your cart? No. But adding tips, um, entertaining them. We have a lot of good examples that listeners seem to be loving.
0: When Pandora first came out, I remember listening to it on a desktop computer.
1: You're uh, that old? Because,
0: I am. <laughs> because it was a, because it was kind of a new, cool thing. And then, obviously, mobile exploded, and I assume that's where the vast majority yeah. of people are engaging with Pandora but so much of what you do is obviously based on the underlying gear, the underlying technology that enables all these platforms to happen. We're here at CES. Is there some kind of gear, some kind of equipment on the horizon that you think could be another one of those ways that fundamentally shape people's relationship to Pandora?
1: Yeah, I think two things. So we've seen a 100% year-over-year growth for connected devices in the home, right? And everybody's here talking about 5G. That will enable more devices, especially screenless devices, to easily connect, and that's really good for us. It allows us to increase time spent with listeners. It allows listeners to bring music into places in their life or spoken word where they normally work wouldn't like in the case of the mobile device. So I think there's a huge um, opportunity this year for us to see another inflection point in terms of growth because a lot of the devices we're seeing really do favor audio and the power of audio.
0: Um, Could we have one of those uh, devices like in the movie Her where there's like an earbud and Joaquin Phoenix is just listening to that all day. Do you feel like that ultimately could be something that replaces screens in people's lives? It's just an all-audio interface with their device?
1: You know, I don't know. I think we have to see voice as a habit because for a lot of those use cases, you do need voice to work seamlessly and have mm-hmm. listeners, consumers, be really comfortable with voice. We've seen voice move a lot. Voice search um kids are only voice texting you know a lot of that growth we're seeing so i think it's going to be a minute before you have that comfort level and frankly the technology that gives back a really rewarding experience to the listener or to the consumer whether you're on a different platform um but i don't know if we're going to be seeing her you know this year
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i really appreciate you being here to share that lizzie woodhelm svp ad innovation pandora thank you so much for being with us in the cspace studio This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network.